1: Welcome back, everybody. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're set to go against the spread on this week number seven of the National Football League season, week number eight in college football as well. And what a week it was in college and pro football last week, especially if you are like us, an underdog lover, because the dogs were barking last week on both the college and the NFL football side of things. We'll talk about that. With our co-host, Victor King from King Creole Sports. We welcome Victor in now. Victor, how was your week last week?
2: What a fun, wild, wacky weekend, Mark, and profitable as well. You're off your best weekend of the year, 6-1. Very nice with the football and baseball plays. The four-star best bet winner on LSU outright over Auburn. That uh, Pittsburgh Steelers NFL game of the month. Very nice job. Our service went uh, 5-0 and in the NFL over the weekend. A nice sweep for the totals tip sheet. And, again, if you like the dogs, it was your kind of weekend. In fact, last week in college football, Mark, underdogs 36-21-2 against the spread. That is uh, 63% now uh, for the weekend in terms of those college football underdogs. You know, the first few weeks of the season – Naturally, we're in non-conference play. It was all about the favorites, but uh, they are definitely coming on as of late. And there were seven double-digit favorites, Mark, that lost outright over the weekend. Shocking results. You know, we mentioned that these Friday night games have been fantastic to watch. And we knew it was going to be a bad week for the favorites, when a 24-point road favorite lost, we're talking about the previously undefeated Clemson Tigers losing outright to Syracuse 27 to 24, and then in the second half of that doubleheader, a previously undefeated Washington State team laying 16 and a half points lost outright and got spanked by California 37 to three.
1: Yeah, amazing, Victor. When you looked inside the stats and the results of those football games last week. The week of upsets for sure in college football, we have a thing in the midweek alert newsletter, the playbook football newsletter that we refer to as the noose titans in the world of college football. And Basically, in a nutshell, what it is is looking to fade or play against these 6-0 or greater undefeated teams as the noose begins to tighten on these teams. It gets tighter and tighter for these undefeated teams to continue their journey toward a perfect season. And where it tightens the most is when they're on the road in conference games. And boy, oh boy, it was never better realized than last Friday when the two-team team tandem of Clemson and Washington State each went down on the road as double-digit favorites. It was quite a weekend for the noose tightening in the world of college football. And then it followed up with Washington at Arizona State on Saturday. So a trifecta, if you will, for the noose uh, last week in college football. By the way, there's one noose play this week. Keep an eye on that. That will be Central Florida going out as a road favorite this week against Navy. We'll see if that noose uh, doesn't tighten a little bit more and more for that football team. Or I should say, let me correct that. Central Florida's 5-0 and on the football season this year. They're what we call a fat cat favorite, but next week they'll enter into noose territory, if you will. But uh, the bottom line is South Florida down here, the Bulls in our neck of the woods. They're going to go out Uh, is a 6-0 road favorite this weekend. We'll see whether or not they can come back unscathed as well. Talking about the success of underdogs in college football and NFL as well, Victor, it leads to uh, the midway point of the college football season now, and we're talking a little bit about the college Heisman Trophy winner uh, and the nominations of the players that are being ascending to the top of the list right now and uh what do you see victor as far as the heisman trophy candidates beginning to emerge because out of nowhere comes a running back from stanford to maybe even lead the pack as we're speaking here nobody even i don't think knew who this guy was at the beginning of the season but what's your take or your assessment of the current status of the heisman trophy race this year
2: right before and before i get into the front runners here mark a couple of final thoughts. Of the eight undefeated teams in college football, how about our Sunshine State? Three of those undefeateds come from down here in Florida. You mentioned South Florida. You mentioned Central Florida. Our Hurricanes are 5-0, last-minute win as well. They've moved up to number eight in the AP rankings. And finally, speaking of rankings, we're all looking forward to what's going to be the very first official college football playoff rankings. They will be released on Halloween about two weeks from now. We'll see where we're at at that point. Now, you mentioned Heisman, and what an interesting year. You know, at the beginning of the season, this was going to be that big, big quarterback year. After all, you had a defending Heisman Trophy winner in Lamar Jackson from Louisville. And for a lot of people, Mark, it was going to be a five or six quarterback race in terms of who's going to win that Heisman. We're talking Lamar Jackson. We're talking Josh Rosen of UCLA, Sam Darnold of USC, Josh Allen from Wyoming, uh, Baker Mayfield, Oklahoma, even J.T. Barrett of Ohio State. And the funny thing is, right now it is a two-horse race, as you mentioned, between running backs in terms of the Heisman watch. Right now, we would probably put Saquon Barkley of Penn State at the number one spot in terms of the Heisman watch, and. Of course, Penn State picked up a pretty good weekend to have a bye, didn't it? As, of course, chaos was unfolding with the four top ten teams losing to unranked opponents. Penn State uh, took a bye. They've got a big uh, three-week stretch coming up, and we'll probably talk a little bit more about them. But Saquon Barkley has looked fantastic for the Nittany Lions. And then you mentioned Bryce Love, who has come out of nowhere. He's really the 1B to Barkley's 1A in terms of the Heisman race after another big game Saturday night against Oregon in that 49-7 win over the Ducks. What a win by Stanford. He rushed for a 147, two touchdowns, only 17 carries, and all but one of those carries came in the first half, and he basically set the tone for the whole game with 48 yards and a touchdown on Stanford's very first drive of the game. So it is a two-horse running back race in terms of the Heisman mark. A couple other guys I would throw out there. We can't ignore Baker Mayfield. He is Mr. Consistent, Uh, 302 yards last week in the win over arch-rival Texas. He made some big throws down the field, and he's probably the number one-ranked quarterback in terms of the Heisman race. But one more guy that I would not sleep on is the fact that He's coming on strong as of late, and J.T. Barrett of Ohio State, Mark, has been putting up some very, very good numbers on a weekly basis uh, since that home loss to Oklahoma back in Week 2, in which he did not look good. But in that win last week against Nebraska, the 56-14 win, I might add, Barrett went 27 out of 33 for 325 yards and five touchdowns. So I would not sleep on him right now. He's a little bit of a long shot. And one more guy I might throw out there would be another running back and a freshman running back from Wisconsin, and that would be uh, Jonathan Taylor.
1: An overview of the current Heisman Trophy candidate list as we're getting past the midway point of the college football season for 2017. And I'll say this, Victor, before we move on to the NFL side of things, that for my money, I would have to, if I had put any hard, cold cash on who I think would win this Heisman Trophy race right now at this point, I think the player most deserving is Baker Mayfield from Oklahoma who leads the college football's number one passing efficiency offense and has this team in a position right now to perhaps make the college football playoffs as a one loss football team. And uh, he'd be my man for the money right now, Baker Mayfield, unless something else happens, another upset, another loss along the way. But we'll keep an eye on how the Heisman Trophy candidates Fair from the here to the end of the football season we'll do weekly updates on the show as they occur. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence Against the Spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show and Victor onto the national football league side of things last week. And I guess it's just a, a duplication, a mirror of the fact of how well college football underdogs went. So too did the underdogs in the NFL. And when we visit with Andy Isco in Las Vegas for the Westgate Superbook contest update, we're going to hear just that about how the underdogs did and how they shook up the contest per se. But uh, again, Victor, it looked like to me—correct me if I'm wrong—were there 11 underdogs in the National Football League that cashed tickets last week?
2: Right. I've got the dogs from the database going 11 and 3 ATS. Even more impressive is they went 9 and 5 straight up as well. And uh, that basically put the exclamation mark on what has been a good season thus far in the NFL. Underdogs hitting at 59% for the entire season at 53-37-1. And uh, the best time to be playing on the dogs in the NFL is when they're off a loss in their previous game. These dogs have gone 28-14 and 14 ATS at 67%. And then if you hold your nose and put the clothespin on it, NFL underdogs off back-to-back losses this season have gone a very impressive 14-5 and against the spread, 74%. There are five of them going this week, uh, beginning on Thursday with the Oakland Raiders, and then continuing on Sunday with Tampa Bay, Cleveland, San Francisco, and the Atlanta Falcons in the Sunday night game.
1: A little bit of an overview of what's going on in the NFL this year from Victor King at King Krill Sports. Also noting that uh, in the Inside Out stats from our Playbook Midweek Alert newsletter, we note that there were four straight-up underdog winners. I should say underdog winners, but in the stats, winners they won games phony and in inside-out fashion. Won the game, lost the stats last week. Two of them a hundred-yard margins, and in fact, heading the list. From underdog winners were two double-digit straight-up dog winners: the Miami Dolphins and the New York Giants. Stunning upsets on the scoreboard, knocked a lot of people out of suicide pools. I'm sure, in fact, a lot of suicide pools might be dead and gone <laughs> and buried after last week. But uh, <laughs> I think the Denver—if uh, it didn't happen in the Atlanta Falcons game—the final nail in the coffin had to be the Denver Broncos football game, as far as those suicide pools go. So there's probably people walking around with suicide pool money in their pocket right now, and probably also the start of another pool to start after those pools were declared dead, done, and finished. But uh, quite a week it was in the National Football League for underdogs, and our good friend Steve Crabb, the Texas Tornado, nominates his chip play of the week, the team that has the largest chip on their shoulder this week. Those These plays, by the way, have gone 13-4 overall the past two years, 4-1 and one this year are chip play of the week in the National Football League, he nominates the Denver Broncos, and I would probably have to agree, Victor, I think the Denver Broncos have a a large chip on their shoulder this week it was a disgraceful loss to the New York Giants, uh, a loss that might be, by season's end, the most stunning in the National Football League this year, not because of the fact that they were a 13 or 14-point favorite, but the fact that the New York Giants were probably playing with a scrimmage team. Uh, for all intents and purposes, and won the football game in convincing fashion, nonetheless. I guess another guy might be the Atlanta Falcons, because they were red-faced embarrassed as well, and they do have a little bit of revenge from the Super Bowl last year. So while there could have been two nominees, Steve nominates the Denver Broncos, and I will concur with him on that. Uh, I think they were the most red-faced embarrassed team in the National Football League last year. Don't go away when we come back, guys. Victor and I, we're going to tear down our college football game of the week of beauty inside the Big Ten Conference We've got that and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread.
0: Hey, sports fans, football season is here and it's time to get in on the action. On. MyBookie.ag is an industry leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at mybookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go actions. What are you waiting for? Come join MyBookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to MyBookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest. Only
3: the best. Only at MyBookie.ag. Sign up today. Have your morning coffee with Mark Lawrence each day when you join his all-new Coffee Club. Delivered in your email box the very first thing every morning, Mark shares with you his first take on the daily sports scene, ranging from top situational plays to handicapping tips and commentary from fellow Coffee Club members. It's a quick must-read for the serious sports fan. Join the Coffee Club today at playbook.com and have your morning coffee with Mark each and every day. You'll be glad you did. Welcome back everybody, Mark Lawrence along with Victor
1: King and we're going against the spread on this week's college and pro football cards. It's time for our college football game of the week, a beauty inside the Big Ten Conference in a matchup of two potential college football playoff teams when Penn State plays host to the Michigan Wolverines in Happy Valley. Victor, your take on the Wolverines and the Nittany Lions this Saturday.
2: Of course, Penn State, one of the two undefeated teams from the Big 10 conference along with Wisconsin. And uh, as we touched on in the earlier portion of the podcast, they got by unscathed last week because they had a buy. They didn't play. And this is going to determine this three week stretch here, how good Penn state really is Mark, because boy, they're going to be running through a three week gauntlet here in which they take on Michigan this week. Then a road game at Ohio state in Columbus And then a road game at Michigan State, a team that's already won more games this season than they did all of last season. So we're going to see what the Nittany Lions are all about when the smoke clears after this three-week period. Uh, That is for sure. One thing that we do know, very good offense and a very, very good defense. The Penn State Nittany Lions, number nine overall defense in the country, allowing only 285 per game. Number one, scoring defense. Penn State allows only nine points per game. Number 32, offense. They've gone one and five over under on the season already. Average line in Penn State games, 57.9. Average score, 48.7. The average nitty line game has gone under by almost double digits, by minus 9.2 points per game. Michigan, on the other hand, two, three, and one over-under. That really should be one, four, and one over-under. We went under in Michigan's game last week against uh, Indiana, and uh, we were in the driver's seat. The over-under line was 46 points. It was 20 to 10 with three minutes to go, and Michigan State allowed Indiana back in the game. Next thing you know, we lost the game in overtime. But again, Michigan State, average game has gone under this season. Excuse me, Michigan Wolverines. Gone under by minus 5.2 points per game. Average line, 47. And average uh, total points in Michigan games, 41.8. So let's talk about the line for this week's game. And it's uh, a little bit interesting. Interesting in that it is actually going up a little bit. The over-under line for this game opened at 43 points. And as we speak, it's up to 44.5. There's even a couple of 45s. If you like the under like I do, then we can actually wait till this line tops out before we jump in and make our play. Now, I do realize that the series has actually gone four and one to the over between these two teams in the last five meetings and by an average of plus 8.3 points per game. But again, we're talking two great defenses here. You know, Michigan statistically is number one, allowing only 224 yards per game. And it's also, in fact, the number eight scoring defense The Wolverines allowing only 14.7 points per game. And we know they have their difficulty scoring. They're number 88 on offense. So if you're like me, we've got time to monitor the line move in this game. I think it's already worthy of a play at 45 points, and that would be under the total. But who knows? It may even go up a little bit more. So we're liking the under in the game, Mark. We're also liking a little bit of the underdog action in this game. I think a Michigan plus 15.5 and and under 50.5 teaser is worthy, but again, overall, when all is said and done and this game kicks off at 7.30 Eastern on Saturday night, we're going to be going low with the Nittany Lions and the Wolverines.
1: Another one of those recommended dogs and the unders in a big football game. Victor leans to the dog in the contest, likes the under in Michigan-Penn State matchup here as well, and I have to concur, Victor, Uh, in doing my prep work for this particular football game, the first thing I did was peruse the midweek alert numbers. And the thing that jumped out to me is the defenses of these two football teams. Talk about Michigan. They're number six ranked overall in total team defense. They've held all six opponents to season low yards this year. One of only two teams that can make that statement, the Michigan Wolverines being one of them. On the flip side, Penn State ranks number eight in total team defense, allowing just 286 yards a game. So I agree with you, Victor. I think this could well be a matchup of two good defensive forces knocking heads here. Michigan has won the money and the game straight up three times in a row in this series. Rare to find a dominating favorite like that that dresses up as a double-digit underdog. But that's the case with Michigan in this football game taking on the red-hot Penn State Nittany Lions. Jim Harbaugh, their head coach, has really fared rather well in games against undefeated opponents in his career as a college football head coach. Sixteen times he's taken on undefeated teams. He's emerged victorious in ten of those 16 games straight up, seven and one straight up with Michigan in games against undefeated football teams. The Penn State Nittany Lions come in their head coach, James Franklin, if there's an Achilles heel that he has, it's against good quality football teams. And I say that if you look at Franklin in his career, when he's been favored against 750 or better opponents, 11 times he's been there, he's only won the money three times, three and eight to the spread, favorite against 750 or greater teams, is James Franklin, the head coach from Penn State. The Nittany Lions themselves, when they've been undefeated and they take on Greater than 800 opponents, they're just four and nine to the spread. The bottom line to me, it all comes down to the number in this football game. You're talking about a Penn State football team that is one in 13 to the spread as a favorite in games when they're undefeated and they're taking on a 750 or greater opponent. That's off when Penn State's off a double-digit win. I have to grab Michigan plus the points in this football game for my side in the big showdown game between the Wolverines and the Nittany Lions on Saturday. Don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I, we're going to tear apart our NFL game of the week. We've got a division dandy on tap this week, and we'll hop out to Las Vegas. Check out the Vegas vibe and what's going on in Las Vegas this weekend from our good friend Andy Isco at TheLogicalApproach.com. That and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread.
0: you need guaranteed. That's a as in Apple and G as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you.
3: Only the biggest,
0: only the best. Only at mybookie.ag. Sign
3: up today the only football newsletter in America devoted exclusively to NFL over-under totals. The totals tip sheet is a must-read if you're serious about adding extra income to your bankroll this football season. Get exclusive insight on the overs and unders from Victor King, the NFL totals guru, at playbook.com. The totals tip sheet has got you totally covered this football season. It's the best reference source of its kind in the nation. Get your totals tip sheet today at playbook.com. And enjoy the winners. Hey guys,
1: welcome back once again. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we go against the spread. On the college and pro football card this week, we'll shift gears and hop over to the National Football League side of things when the Cincinnati Bengals travel to Pittsburgh to take on the Steelers in a key AFC North Division battle. Victor, this should be one heck of a football game Sunday. When the Bengals take on the Steelers, your take on this big division showdown contest.
2: Right. And it's almost uh, what I would consider to be the NFL equivalent of perhaps the college football game that we just talked about. Two killer defenses, two struggling offenses. Uh, I, I like the under in this particular game. Of course, our target number is always going to be 41 and a half or higher. And that's where we're at right now. Right about on that line with the Bengals taking on the Steelers. I'm seeing a couple of 41 and a halfs out there, a couple of 42s as well. Again, if it drops below 41, we lay off. But with 41 being a key number in NFL games, that's our target number. Make sure your line is 41 and a half or higher. Steelers uh, up to about a five and a half point favorite. And of course, the Steelers, one of two NFL teams that has yet to go over the total. In a game this season, along with the Miami Dolphins, Miami 0-5 over-under, Pittsburgh Steelers have gone under the total in all six of their games this season. Of course, number one under team in the league. Average line, 43.8. Average combined points, 36.7. So the average Steelers game has gone under by a full touchdown, minus 7.7 points per game. And in fact, If you add up the combined over-under results for both of these teams for the year, it comes out to 1 and 10 over-under. That's because Cincinnati comes in as a great under-team themselves. Four out of their five games thus far have gone under the total with an average line of 41.5 and an average combined point total in Bengal games of only 33.4. So Cincinnati games have gone under the total by even a higher margin By minus 8.1 points per game. Reasons? Well, statistically, we can look at it very, very easily. Cincinnati, number two defense and number two scoring defense, allowing only 16.6 points per game. Pittsburgh, meanwhile, number three in overall defense, number four in scoring defense, allowing only 17 points per game. And as I touched on very, very briefly, two struggling offenses. It has not been a good year for Roethlisberger, that is for sure. Pittsburgh, number 22 scoring offense, 19.7, and Cincinnati, even worse. They're the third lowest scoring offense in the NFL, averaging only 16.8 points per game. Another reason we like the under, these AFC North Division games, playing under in these games, it's almost like money in the bank. In the last six seasons, AFC North Division games have gone 17 overs, 42 unders, one tie, when the over under line is over 37 points. And in the last 12 months, these games have gone a perfect 0 and 11 over under in game 14 or less. So, again, these AFC North Division games, it's a statistical imperative. If you're going to play the game, the over under, the under is obviously the play in these games. Again, you want to make sure your number is uh, 41 and a half or less. Seven out of the last eight meetings in this series played in Pittsburgh have gone under. Five out of the last six overall in this series have gone under by an average of minus 7.6 points per game. This is the lowest over under line in the series since the 2013 season. That's okay by me. As long as we get a 41.5 or higher, we're going low with the Steelers-Bengals uh, in that 425 Eastern kickoff on Sunday.
1: Victor likes defense in the Bengals-Steelers showdown game on Sunday in the big AFC North Division clash in the Steel City. Pittsburgh comes into this football game playing with quadruple revenge in the football game. They've taken it on the chin each of the last four meetings in a row against the Steelers coming into this contest here. Their head coach, Marvin Lewis, is in a pretty good role here this week. In fact, in his career, when he's been a road dog off a straight up and point spread win and taking on a winning division opponent he's 19 and 6 to the spread in these football games is Marvin Lewis in this particular role his quarterback Andy Dalton really shines in this particular role given the fact that when he takes on an opponent that's off a straight up underdog win Andy Dalton is 12 and 3 straight up and 13 and 2 to the spread in his career including 4 and 1 straight up and 5 and 0 to the spread as a dog in this particular role. The Pittsburgh Steelers snapped Kansas City's perfect 5-0 record to start the football season last week with a nice upset win in KC. Pittsburgh is now 1-5 to the spread, his home favorites in games off a straight-up underdog win. Ben Roethlisberger, their quarterback, is just 1-5 to the spread when he's been favored by five or more points off an underdog win. And talking about 1-5, how about the Steelers 1-5 to the spread when they're playing a rested sub-500 opponent. Bottom line to me in this game, guys, is you're talking about a Cincinnati Bengals football team that's one and a half games back in the standings of Pittsburgh in the AFC North. They lose this game. They drop two and a half legs back and can probably, for all intents and purposes, kiss the AFC North title goodbye in this contest here. And you're also talking about a Cincinnati team that enjoys the benefits of a bye week. 8-0 to the spread when they're taking on a winning division opponent off a bye week, the Cincinnati Bengals. I'll grab up the points with the Bengals for my side in our NFL Game of the Week on the show this week. And with that, let's hop out to Las Vegas for one of our favorite segments on the show. We visit with our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas to find out what's going on in Vegas this weekend. And Andy, a lot going on in Vegas this weekend, especially, I'm sure, with the NBA opening up this week. NHL now underway, Major League Baseball playoffs going on in the National Football League. Are you getting any sleep these days, Andy? That's my question I have to ask you first and foremost.
4: Well, Mark, not getting much sleep. I mean, the, the big news, the, the news that really has me ecstatic is the movement of the San Antonio franchise from the WNBA <laughs> to Las Vegas. That's what <laughs> making... <laughs> Actually... Uh. <laughs> Actually, the big news has been the start of the Vegas Golden Knights, their tremendous start in the NHL. But of course, the big news remains to be the uh, uh, the unfolding of the current football season, especially in the NFL, where this week, the last few days, we've seen absolutely nothing but uh, uh, but smiles across the counter at the bookmakers following that tremendous weekend of underdogs uh, 11 and 3 against the spread the two double digit underdogs winning outright a good week for the bookmakers and for uh, many of the wise guys as well who tend to gravitate towards uh, playing underdogs the lone exception continues to be and we see it uh, in this in the super contest almost every week the fascination that the uh, uh, that the numbers players seem to have with the Cleveland Browns
1: yeah, it's unbelievable, isn't it, Andy? You're talking about a team that's won one game, and I don't know what are they, one and twenty-five? They last twenty-six, something to that effect. And uh, you say they keep gravitating to the Browns each week, and uh, it must be the points that attracts everybody. I know it happened last week in the uh, in the Superbook contest. You know, there was a nice send out in the game for the number. The, the street line ended up closing on I think about seven and a half points, so there was like a good three-point-plus move to the Browns in that contest and uh, failed again to the Cleveland Browns in that game. And uh, interesting, scratch your head, wonder why, what's going on there. You know, somebody wrote a column or mentioned in a column, I think it was down here, maybe perhaps locally, in South Florida or might have been in the USA today about the fact that uh, for all the troubles the Browns have had with their quarterbacks, that Cody Kessler last year, his QB rating was 92.3. And he still mired third deep on the bench uh, behind Deshaun Kaiser and Kevin Hogan here. And it makes you wonder what's going on in Cleveland here. I, I don't know if, uh, they're, if they're trying to find a quarterback out of that trio or perhaps setting themselves up to draft what might, what might be a quarterback for the future. But nonetheless, there is an intrigue to the Cleveland Browns in some sad shape, form. Unbelievable. But uh, as I said, they do continue to back this football team in the Westgate Super Bowl contest here. And uh, what about that Super Bowl contest last week, Andy? I know with all these underdogs... That hit the board last week. Was it good news or bad news overall for the contestants?
4: Yeah, let me just go back one one point on the Cleveland Browns. And we did see a lot of late money, not just a lot of opinions in the concept, but also a a lot of late money in the betting uh, windows uh, uh, action as well. That sent that line down to as low as seven points. And it's surprising with Cleveland because of the fact that they brought in Hugh Jackson, who had such a great uh, uh, working relationship in Cincinnati with uh, with Andy Dalton, and that's not been able to uh, transfer over to the Cleveland Browns. So maybe there's something endemic just with that uh, franchise. But Turning to the uh, super contest last week the consensus uh, was just 2 and 3 overall for the season it's 12 and 18 that's 40% uh, basically a third of the way into the season and so uh, we're wondering how much of that has to do with the uh, with the fact that there are over 2700 entries but it seems to be mirroring last year when there were two thirds as many entries and the consensus struggled much of the season now as far as the split goes between favorites and underdogs last week There were five uh, selections in the contest that were that uh, preferred the favored team. During the most of the uh, the the, uh, the action, those were 0 and 5. So for the season, when the consensus has been on the favored team in a game, that's now 19 and 32 against the spread. However, when the consensus has been on the underdogs, it'll come as no surprise another winning week, 6 and 3. And so for the season, when the consensus in in a game has been on the underdog side, 22, 13, and 1. For the season overall, oh. the consensus 42. 46 and 2. That's four games below 500. There was one game uh, thus far in the contest where the contestants were evenly split on both sides of the game. So a little bit below 500 overall on the contestants uh, for the consensus uh, a third of the way into the season. As far as the leaderboard goes in the regular super contest and in the super contest gold, the winner take all, the leader has the same record. 24 and 6 against the spread. There is one person in the regular contest that has that record. There are two contestants that are a half point behind, six more at 23 points, a total of 62 contestants at 20 and a half points or more. Out of the, uh, uh, the possible 30 points, and of course the contest pays 50 places, so 17 people are tied for the final paying places going down to a total of 62 uh, that would be cashing right now. The Super Contest Gold, the winner-take-all that had 94 entries, that's a bit more interesting as far as the leaderboard is concerned. I mentioned there's also one leader at 24 points. However, a nice gap between the first and second-place contestants in the Super Contest Gold, whereas the second-place contestant in the regular contest is only a half point behind at 23.5 in the Super Contest winner-take-all gold contest the second place contestant and there are two of them tied 20 and a half that's a three and a half game gap six weeks into the season between the leader and the second place uh, uh, contestants that's a huge gap of course not that uh, insurmountable with uh, third with um, uh, 11 weeks still to be played but still that 24 uh, 24 and six record in both contests is uh, pretty uh, is a pretty Convincing testament to the uh, the ability of those currently leading those contests.
1: little overview of what's going on in the contest at the Superbook Westgate contest here from Andy Iska at TheLogicalApproach.com. And I advise our listeners out there, if you're serious about winning and adding to your bankroll this season, pick up a copy of Andy's Logical Approach football newsletter. And in fact, in this week's newsletter, Andy breaks down what he feels are the greatest, most improved college football teams and the biggest decliners in college football this year, and you'll be surprised at Andy's list inside this week's newsletter. Check it out at thelogicalapproach.com or at the superstore.com website as well. Andy, good news. It seems like for the dogs in, that, uh, in the Westgate contest here, as you mentioned, uh, the 22-13-1 when, the, uh, when they're on the dog as a consensus play is pretty good news that way this year. What about the advanced lines that we're seeing here, Andy, this week, this particular week here? Uh, I noticed that uh, last week we had a big difficulty with the Denver-New York Giants game because of all the injuries and the situations that occur. Are there any major moves that you think are noteworthy on those advanced lines on the NFL Superbook contest this week?
4: Yes, Mark. And in fact, I'll refer to them as, instead of moves, much so adjustments. And the reason I bring that up, and I'll start with the the best one at first, as the, uh, the most significant one, is the Aaron Rodgers injury for the Green Bay Packers. Last week, New Orleans at Green Bay this week, the game was posted with the Packers, a six and a half point home favorite. This, of course, was before the weekend, before Aaron Rodgers was injured. Now, the Westgate puts their lines up for the following week when they start taking a little bit larger limits on Sunday afternoons after the uh, first set of games, before the Sunday night games, the uh, early set of games are complete. When that number was reposted Sunday evening, the New Orleans Saints— opened as a a three-and-a-half-point road favorite, which is interesting on two respects. Number one, it represents a full 10-point adjustment from the six-and-a-half that was available prior to the weekend. The other interesting fact is that they opened the Saints at three-and-a-half and not three, anticipating that the money was going to come in on the New Orleans Saints, and why not make them pay an extra half point for the three and a half rather than a three? Well, it turned out to be correct, because not only did the early bettors play the three and a half, lay it with New Orleans, that line got up to as high as minus six. It's settled in right now at minus five and a half. So if you look at the last week line of six and a half and the current line of five and a half, The Westgate felt there was a 10-point adjustment worthy for the uh, absence of Aaron Rodgers. The public said, no, that's not enough of an adjustment. It should be a full 12 points, thus 6.5 from one side to 5.5 on the other. That's one of the more significant moves, and the reason why I spent some time emphasizing it is because part of the value of these moves, uh, of these adjustments, I'll go back to using that term, between what was posted 10 days in advance and what gets posted after the weekend's games is it allows you to get some idea of just how much influence is put into the most recent results. For example, in most of the games, we see very little bit of an adjustment from what was available last week to what was available uh, when the Lions came out Sunday afternoon. But there were a few other games that were worth noting. The Pittsburgh hosting Cincinnati game last week, Pittsburgh was a seven-point home favorite over the Bengals who had their bye last week. After the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers went in and upset the Kansas City Chiefs, that line came out actually lower, actually Pittsburgh down to a six-point home favorite. It's been bet down further to where the Steelers are now five-and-a-half-point favorites. The Minnesota Vikings, they upset Green Bay last week, of course, taking advantage of the injury to Aaron Rodgers. Meanwhile, the Baltimore Ravens, their opponents, lost at home in overtime to Chicago Bears. The Bears were another popular late move in, that, in the betting action last week against Baltimore. Minnesota was a three-point favorite last week, but the results of last week's game, and probably more so to the Baltimore game than the Minnesota result because of the fact that it was accomplished without Aaron Rodgers, Minnesota, instead of a three-point favorite, When it opened again, they were up to a a four-and-a-half-point favorite. It's since moved up to Minnesota now a a five-and-a-half-point favorite. The Jets and the Miami Dolphins. The Jets gave up an early 14-0 lead, played very, very well, losing at home to the New England Patriots, and the Miami Dolphins fell behind 17-0, at Super Bowl, runner-up Atlanta rallied for 20 unanswered points in the second half to upset the Falcons on the road 20-17. Miami, which had been a four-and-a-half-point favorite last week, while much of the results for this weekend point towards the New York Jets receiving the sentiment when the Westgate opened that game up instead of at four-and-a-half. The Dolphins were opened as three-and-a-half-point home favorites over the Jets, and that game has now been bet down to Miami a three-point favorite couple of others worth mentioning, Seattle at the New York Giants, the Seattle Seahawks off their bye week, the Giants off that stunning upset Sunday night of the Denver Broncos. A week ago, Seattle was a seven and a half point favorite at the Giants. Interestingly enough, when the Westgate put it up Sunday afternoon, this, of course, this was before the uh, game against uh, the Denver Broncos, So there was no reason to make a change. It opened at seven and a half. It came back out. The Seahawks opened six-point favorites. They've been bet down to five and a half at the Giants. The biggest change of the week as far as a favorite to an underdog goes is from that Denver Broncos loss to the Giants. They are at the Los Angeles Chargers this week. The Broncos were two-and-a-half-point road favorites uh, both last week and when the game opened up on Sunday uh, afternoon prior to the playing of the game against the Giants. That game came down, and then on Monday morning, the Los Angeles Chargers were one-and-a-half-point favorites, a four-point adjustment between Sunday night and Monday morning based on that Denver Bronco lost, and then uh, lost to the Giants. And then Monday night, Washington at Philadelphia, another one of those rematches this year. The Miami Jet game is the other one this week as far as rematches of games played earlier this season. The Washington Redskins uh, uh, last week had uh, had their, uh, their, uh, their contest, uh, but the Philadelphia Eagles... Uh, which uh, played Thursday night. Again, these lines came up before Thursday night. There was no adjustment. Philadelphia opened a a six-and-a-half-point home favorite over the Washington Redskins. That line has been bet down already in midweek to Philadelphia, a five-point home favorite.
1: A review of the adjustments made at the Superbook contest in Las Vegas from Andy Isco at TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. And, Victor, I know you've got a question or two you want to ask Andy on the show this week as well.
2: I sure do. First off, uh, Andy, Mark sent me an advanced copy of this week's Logical Approach newsletter. Great, great stuff in it. Of course, it's available at LogicalApproach.com. And uh, in addition to the other playbook newsletters, also available at PlaybookSuperstore.com. But uh, this is Andy's mid-season college football report. The underachieving teams, the overachieving teams showing greatest improvement and greatest decline Uh, A must read this week and uh, really, really good stuff there, Andy. Uh, But in terms of a question, hey, it's time for a new season. The pro basketball guys are back. In fact, uh, as we record the podcast here on Wednesday, last night there were two games already in the NBA. October 17th, man, that's the earliest the NBA has ever started their season. And Andy, I like what the NBA has done this season. They've actually increased the length of the season by two weeks. What that means is there are going to be less games per day, less back-to-backs, where, of course, a team played the previous night. And the first time ever where they intentionally, the schedule makers, incorporated no situations this year in which a team will be playing four games in five nights. I like what they've done. Of course, it was a rough one for the Celtics last night with Gordon Hayward going out a few minutes into his Boston debut it's already a depleted Eastern Conference. But, Andy, your thoughts on the NBA in general and, of course, the Western Conference being as stacked as it ever been. Is there anybody who can challenge Golden State?
4: Well, Victor, probably not. And my comments would basically echo the ones that you mentioned. I like the NBA. It seems to have been uh, the most proactive of the major sports leagues in addressing legitimate concerns as far as the quality of play is concerned. And you mentioned the main factors uh, involved this year the lengthening of the season by eliminating as many as possible back to back situations and, of course, totally eliminating the four games in five nights. Not only that, and of course, it's done with the intention of having the teams not rest their superstars, especially on the road and especially multiple players at once. It seems to have that effect, but what it also means is that. Not only are you going to get fewer instances of players being rested, but you're also going to get, because of the elimination of those four out of five and, and the back-to-backs, you're going to get a better quality of play overall on the court uh, throughout the season and not the, some of the sloppy play that we've seen uh, that has marked a lot of late season play, especially as the players get tired in the uh, months of, uh, of, uh, of March leading into April when the playoffs begin. So I think overall it was a good move. Yeah, it's disappointing for the uh, Boston Celtics losing Gordon Hayward last night. I actually had made a prediction in uh, one of the columns I write that uh, I would have Boston uh, – Overtaking Cleveland as far as the uh, uh, the championship in the Eastern Conference uh, goes this year, I'm going to have to rethink that. But. It wasn't so much a pick on Boston, although I felt they were best suited. It's basically the fact that if you look at Cleveland, this is now an aging team. You look at LeBron and all those appearances in the championship series over the last six, seven years. He's basically played the equivalent of roughly an extra season and a half just due to playoff games over that period of time. That has to take a toll Other teams may be available to make inroads. I thought it would be Boston. The other team that I think in the East that might have an opportunity, uh, the Washington Wizards have built themselves nicely. In the uh, Western Conference, it's going to be very difficult to overtake Golden State. This is a very complete team, but also back-to-back-to-back Appearances in the finals will take a toll on some of their players as well as far as those extra games. If there's a team that's going to make a move in the Western Conference this year, it's a team that has positioned itself nicely. Uh, they've added some nice depth to the roster, a developing roster that has an awful lot of talent, and that's the Minnesota Timberwolves acquiring Jimmy Butler in the offseason to go with guys like Andrew Wiggins and Carl Anthony Towns, coached by Tom Thibodeau in his second season. I look for the Minnesota Timberwolves to make a move in the standings this year and they might be the most likely team to break that big four atop the Western Conference, the four top seeds of Golden State, San Antonio, Houston, and Oklahoma City. I'll be interested to see how all that new talent message uh, uh, message together in Oklahoma City and Houston with a lot of the major moves that both of those franchises made leading up to the start of this season.
1: Andy Iska with his take on the NBA for the 2017-2018 basketball season. A great point. Andy brings out about all those miles on the wheels of LeBron James from all the postseason games that he's played, meshing with a basketball team that's rather long in the tooth to begin with. So we'll see whether or not Cleveland can sustain. Unfortunately, that loss by uh, the Boston Celtics with Haywood uh, last night in the season opener isn't going to help their chances, but uh, nonetheless, great point by Andy Isco. And Once again, you can visit Andy Isco online at thelogicalapproach.com in Las Vegas. And while you're there, be sure to download copy of that weekly football newsletter you'll be glad you did Andy before I let you go four wins in a row with your complimentary play on the football show this week and our listeners would love to know what you're looking at on the NFL side of things this week
4: well Mark this week I'm going to go to one of those two revenge games this week we talked about it a little bit earlier with the uh, line adjustments and that's the game between the New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins I think you'd have to see the, say that the Jets have been one of the most pleasant surprises this year considering the preseason prognostications that had many people thinking this could be a team that could go 2-14 and 14 or maybe even worse. Their season win total adjusted all the way down from I believe it was 5.5 when it opened down to a 4 or 3.5 in some places and yet uh, here they are with three wins and almost knocked off New England last week. Miami we've talked about before. They've had an, an incredibly difficult start to their season. They didn't play their first home game until two weeks ago when they knocked off Tennessee because of the effects of Hurricane Irma. Well, that's now about a month or so in the past, and I start to believe that things are getting back to normal for the Miami Dolphins. Those off the field distractions tend to be a thing of the past. They can now more fully and almost completely focus on football activities. They've got some ground to make up, although with New England not off to the great start expected of them, uh, the division is a little bit more wide open uh, than it was in the than it's been over the past decade and a half, although I think at the end of the season New England will still win this division by several games. Nonetheless, I like the situation for Miami this week. They're coming off of those two straight wins, including the upset of Atlanta last week. Things are starting to fall a little bit more into place on both sides of the football for the Dolphins. The running game is starting to develop, which in turn will open up the passing game. The Jets still have some defensive vulnerabilities, although they have played well in recent weeks. I'm going to look for Miami to get the revenge that they need for tiebreaker purposes later in the season, because it could very well come down to the Jets maintaining their excellent play. And these teams ending up tied, for example, perhaps for second place and could be a wild card at stake. So Miami cannot afford the loss. Overall, man for man on the roster, The Miami Dolphins are the better football team. Now that those distractions that uh, clearly affected their play over the first month of the season appear to be behind them, I'm going to look for the Dolphins to get a nice win this Sunday over the New York Jets, probably in the vicinity, I'm going to say, between 6 and 10 points. So don't mind laying the minus 3, even if there is a little bit of VIG attached at currently 3 minus 20 at most shops.
1: Andy Isco sees value with the Miami Dolphins against the surging upstart New York Jets football team this week. He likes the Dolphins to take care of business when they host the Jets on Sunday for his complimentary play on the show this week. Andy, once again, a great job, as always, on the show this week. I'm going to wish you the very best of luck. Hope you get a few extra winks this week with all of everything that's going on in the world of sports in Las Vegas. And we'll look forward to catching up with you next week here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread.
4: I should be able to sleep well this week. There's no more news expected about the transfer of that WNBA franchise for a few weeks. So (laughs) I wish you both a great deal of success. Look forward to chatting with you next week.
1: Pleasant dreams, Andy. Thanks a lot. Have a great week, and we'll look forward to talking with you next week. That was Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I will put the final wraps on the show. We'll share with you our awesome angle of the week and our complimentary plays. And We're back with the final segment here on Mark Lawrence against the spread.
3: Have your morning coffee with Mark Lawrence each day when you join his all-new Coffee Club. Delivered in your email box the very first thing every morning, Mark shares with you his first take on the daily sports scene, ranging from top situational plays to handicapping tips and commentary from fellow Coffee Club members. It's a quick must-read for the serious sports fan. Join the Coffee Club today at playbook.com and have your morning coffee with Mark each and every day. You'll be glad you did.
0: you need guaranteed. That's mybookie.a as in Apple and G as in games. Tell them Mark Lawrence sent you. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign
3: up today. And now, the moment you've been waiting for from the hot South Florida sun. It's Mark Lawrence with his aw- 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 awesome angle of the week.
1: All right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week on the football show this week. And our awesome angle this week comes directly from the Playbook Football Newsletter. It's a beauty I want to share with you. We call it when eight ain't great. And what we're looking to do is to play against any 6-1 and college football conference favorite. That's off a straight-up favorite loss. If they're facing an opponent, that's off a straight-up underdog win. This is a bubble burst situation for 6-1 college football teams off their first loss of the season as a favorite. And when they take on an opponent that's off a straight-up underdog win. Since 1980, it's only occurred seven times. But these plays have gone a perfect 7-0 and oh against the spread by fading these bubble burst teams in game number eight of the football season. Here we'll play against San Diego State for our awesome angle play of the week on the football card this weekend. And with that, I'm going to hand it off to Victor King from King Creole Sports to find out what Victor's got on tap on the football card this weekend. And also, Victor, if you would, let our listeners know about the sweep in the totals tip sheet last week. Congratulations on a winning sweep on the totals tip sheet, the red-hot totals tip sheet for this football season.
2: A weird week for us. You know, uh, at one point in the late afternoon, excuse me, the early kickoff games in the fourth quarter, uh, I had a realization, hey, we could go a perfect 3-0 and in the totals tip sheet this week. But we can also go a perfect 0-3, and, 3, and it, it took three late big plays. But, yes, we did pull off the sweep. We've got the uh, best bets now up to 12-6 and 6 overall for the season in the Totals tip sheet newsletter. We're very pleased. I have a little bit of a uh, Totals tease. And if you like our newsletters and if you like what you see in our weekly NFL Totals tip sheet newsletter, we here at Playbook – We'll have a major announcement coming up in the next week or two for NBA over under bettors. Stay tuned. All we can say right now is that the totals tip sheet is expecting, and uh, we could be adding an addition to the totals tip sheet family here in the next week or two. In terms of our free play this week, we're going to give the ball a Speedy once again and let him run with it. He brought home a winner last week. Thankfully, because they took that uh, Jets touchdown off the board in the Patriots-Jets game. But Speedy's going under in another division games, and he loves, this is his strength, going under in same division games. This week, it'll be the under in the Broncos-Chargers game at the StubHub Center in Carson, California. We already know that we're getting a great effort from a Denver defense, of course, ranked number one in the entire league. But let's not forget on offense, the Broncos are struggling. They have not cracked 17 or more points in their last three games. Only three total touchdowns in that three-week period. Of course, last Sunday night's loss to the Giants, one of the shockers of the season. Denver was almost a two-touchdown favorite and lost that game. Here's what the database says revealed to us. 0-10 over under since 1995. Division teams off a straight-up home loss in which they were a favorite of greater than 13 points. That applies to the Broncos. It indicates we look for these teams to go low in their next game. This is also the stretch of uh, one, two, three consecutive road games in a row for Denver beginning this week. And in the last seven years, NFL teams playing in the first of three straight road games— When the over-under line is less than 47 points, they've gone a perfect 0-7-1 over-under. And, of course, at last look, the line in this game has actually changed. We talked a little bit earlier about Denver being an embarrassed team. Uh, Steve Crabb, and his article, mentioned the fact that uh, Denver's an embarrassed team. And In terms of the side play, it really doesn't get any easier than this. You play the Chargers when they're an underdog. You fade the Chargers when they're a favorite. Same with Denver. You play against them when they're a favorite, you play on them when they're an underdog in this particular game. But anyway, AFC West division games in which the point spread is three or less points like this one. They've gone two and 11 over under in the last four years in game five or greater. And of course, I mentioned Denver's struggling offense earlier. Let's not forget the Chargers, too. They've struggled on offense as well. They're only averaging 16.2 points per game in their conference game so far in 2017. Again, like the Pittsburgh-Cincinnati game, Mark, our target number, 41.5 or higher. As long as you are above that threshold, Speedy's going under in the Denver-LA Chargers game. We've got two overs that we like in the totals tip sheet, available at theplaybooksuperstore.com or at playbook.com. And finally, uh, Kings NFL uh, over-under game of the week will be available at the playbook.com website on Friday night, a game that we're looking to go over the total in. Uh, Last Sunday was a perfect 5-0 for our service in pro football. We'll look to continue that. But again, our free play, we're going low, Denver against the Chargers.
1: Visit Victor King at King Creole Sports for all of his top plays on the football card this week at playbook.com where you can also download the totals tip sheet in time for the NFL football games this weekend. And when you do inside the totals tip sheet this week, Victor will also share with you a situation involving teams before they go across the pond, before they travel to London, England, a nice 92% winning situation. You can read all about that inside this week's totals tip sheet when you get the newsletter at playbook.com. Before I get to my complimentary play on the show this week, once again, I want to remind our listeners, To check out our friends at MyBookie.ag, where they're still offering a 100% sign-up bonus to all listeners of the show, simply call toll-free at 1-844-866-BETS. That's 1-844-866-2387. Or log on at MyBookie.ag and use the promo code PLAYBOOK to get your 100% sign-up bonus at MyBookie this weekend. And once again this weekend, I'll be offering another $99 football weekend of winners on the heels of a 5-1 winning $99 weekend last weekend, highlighted with our nice college football game of the month play with LSU, winning the game straight up over Auburn, and our NFL NFL game of the month, I should say, with the Pittsburgh Steelers over Kansas City. It's my NFL Revenge Play of the Year going this weekend. It's all part of a $99 football weekend of winners. We're 7-0 in the NFL the last three weeks. You don't want to miss this play this weekend. Log on at playbook.com or call me toll-free to get on board for our NFL Revenge Game of the Year at 1-800-321-7777. My complimentary play on the football card this weekend is on the Louisville Cardinals when they take on Florida State this week. And I know a little bit surprising given the fact that Louisville creamed Florida State 62 to. 28 last football season here, so it's big time revenge indeed for Florida State in this football game. But the fact of the matter is this Florida State football team is just not anywhere near the football team that they were expected to be or have been in the past. The loss of quarterback DeAndre Francois has been immense for this football team to the point that if you can believe this, Florida State is the worst Power 5 football team in the nation in scoring this year. They're averaging just 18.2 points a game. This is a team that, when they won the national championship in 2013 that year, they averaged 51.6 points per game. This offense has evaporated. They've scored only eight touchdowns in total this year. That ties for dead last with Kent State for the fewest amount of touchdowns by FBS football teams this season here. In Louisville, you're talking about a team that's off back-to-back, straight-up favorite losses, now changing roles to an underdog. And I'll throw in the fact that Bobby Petrino has been good in games off back-to-back losses as a head coach. He's gone 9-3 and three straight up, 6-3-1 to the spread. We'll grab Louisville plus the points against a struggling Florida State team for our complimentary play on the show this week. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I want to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports for another great job on the show this week. Our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas for joining us on the show. And for our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above until next week. Once again, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always remember to bet with your head, not over it. And good luck as always.